Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to this episode of Runners Only with Dom Harvey, brought to you by Radix Nutrition. Coming up... Rachel Hunter. Honestly, growing up, I had a buck teeth. I was a geek at school. Everybody teased me. I used to have yogurt at lunch in the corner where I didn't like <laughs> speak to anybody. Rachel Hunter really needs no introduction, but it's a podcast formality, so I'll do it anyway. She was a secondary school student in Auckland when she was discovered by a photographer, and she soon became one of the world's most in-demand models, earning a reputation only a handful of people had as a supermodel. So, what business does she have being on a podcast called Runners Only? She was literally out running when she was discovered. Now, I don't know about you, but when I run, my my face is red and blotchy, and on windy days, you might even find some saliva on the side of my face. But apparently, that's not the case for Rachel. And we talk about her discovery on an Auckland beach. A moment, a chance moment, that led to a lucrative contract in New York when she was just 16. This conversation was so enjoyable. We cover a lot of ground, including the moment she quit school to become a model. It's a great story. It involves a phone call to the school office landline while she was mid-maths exam. Her reflections on Andy Hayden and how she got a gruff ex-All Black to be her manager. We chat about the iconic trumpet ice cream ad, posing for Playboy and starring in the iconic Stacey's Mom music video. Why she has never read the chapter about herself in the Rod Stewart autobiography. We actually talk about Rod a lot. Probably way more than what she was comfortable with. Sorry about that, Rach. We discuss the death of her mum, becoming a grandmother, menopause, and much, much more. Rachel Hunter has always been a breath of fresh air, and I am so thankful that we got to do this podcast together, and I really hope you guys enjoy it too. Thanks very much to my friends at Radix Nutrition for sponsoring this episode. A tremendous amount of work goes into these episodes each week, and it simply would not be possible without their support. Uh, I've been a fan of Radix Nutrition and their products for a long time now, long before they jumped on board the podcast as a sponsor. The whey protein is my favourite, especially the banana and the coconut flavours. But for listeners that prefer plant-based protein, they do the same amazing flavours and a full range of plant-based options too. Please check them out at radixnutrition, R-A-D-I-X.co.nz, or follow them on Instagram. And if you like their products, support the legends who support the podcast. All right, let's get into it. Runners Only with Dom Harvey and Rachel Hunter. Hey, Runners Only, kid, kid, let's get it started. Hey, hey, this is Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Fast-paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming up. Want to connect for everyone who loves running. This is Runners Only. Yeah, yeah let's get it started. Hey, hey. This is Runners Only with Dom Harley. Uh, fast paced, slow and steady. Anywhere you coming. Uh, just want to connect for everyone who loves running. Hey, Runners Only with Dom Harley. Runners Only with Dom Harvey and Rachel Hunter. Hello. What am I doing here? What, 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 what do you mean? What are you doing here? It's fabulous to have you here. So we're, we're sitting in my podcast lounge. There's probably two, maybe two demographics of people listening to this. There's people that are, that know you're a big deal, but think, oh, that's Rachel. She was a, a big deal in New Zealand, and then she married Rod Stewart. But then there's people older than that, like me, that remember just how famous you were in the, the late 80s and 90s. And to, to give you reference, so where we're sitting, 
It is literally a stone's throw away from um, the Celebrity Walk at Victoria Park Market. <laughs> this used to be a thriving sort of mall. Now it's just offices. But there's a Celebrity Walk there, which I think is one of the best-kept secrets in Auckland. And you're there with your hand. How old were you when you did your handprint in the concrete? Like 18, 19, 17? It was probably pretty young. It was probably like 20, like, 18, yeah, 19, 20, yeah. I guess, yeah. On there, amongst some iconic Kiwis, a lot of who are dead now, like Sir Edmund Hillary, mm. Dame Fenner Cooper, yeah. Rob Muldoon, Barry Trump, Peter Blake. I don't think I can paint a picture successfully enough for the younger listeners and viewers to this podcast about just how famous you are. Honestly, that whole, just everything from right from the beginning when I started um, at 16 to, you know, that point. I mean, I never expected any of this. And I was, just so you know, and I told you this before, but I was, I actually got found running because I was running. And because I was a runner. Yeah, right. yeah you told me this on my... You were laughing like, oh, at this. No, 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 no. You don't have to justify your place on the podcast. Yeah, so you were an 800-meter runner when you were at school. No, well, oh. I did the athletics. Like, I was really into the athletics yeah. um, at school, at high school, and I threw myself into that, as well as I was a ballerina. So I also re- I studied dance quite a, um, for a long, long time, for like 11 years. And, uh, and then at school, I did... Uh, the athletics will athletics so I was 800 I did the 100 but obviously with my height the 100 wasn't the best one um and then from that once I left um school or to keep my running and my technique up I guess was I would run 10ks a day down to ballet so I would run from Glenfield to Milford and then dance for like four hours and then my mum would pick me up and during that time when I was running was when actually someone spotted me on the beach when I was doing my 10K run a day. So I'd do 10Ks like every day. And it was it was something that, and you know, and I'm sure that's what you've found is it, there was a freedom in it. There was mm. this, the mind was free. By the time you start when things were like heavy at the beginning of like how the school was or what was going on at home or what you're personally going through as, as a teenager, by the time I was down at the beach, everything had changed. Yeah, And I think that's the beauty of like exercise of finding something, what your flow is, whatever that is, and that changes in the evolution of who we are is really important. And um, I think sports sports does that for us. I mean, it's our entry point, isn't it, for yeah, helping absolutely. that physical side. Absolutely. Yeah, the, I mean, the mental health benefits that I get from running are second to none. Yeah. Uh, what were, you, were you listening to music back then? I'm guessing you would have had what, like, my like, Walkman? like a Walkman or a Discman. Yeah, this <laughs> no, is... <laughs> just trying to think, yeah, the Discman wouldn't have gone down so well. That would have like been scratched. But I think it was, God, I don't even know if I... Maybe like a Walkman with a cassette on. That's how crazy. So, what, what do you mean you discovered discovered on the beach? How does that happen? So you're running. I was I was running, and then this. I was just coming off the beach to go up Milford Road to cool off, and um, basically this guy comes running up to me. and He goes, "Do you want to model?" And I was like, "No, I don't. You know, no." I'm like, "That's creepy, right?" And <laughs> like, who comes up and says that to a like you know a 16 year old girl? Like, you're, that's creepy. Who, who, who was he? Can you remember who he was? In no, hindsight, he must have. Like, he was a legit, obviously. Yeah, he he yeah. was, and you know, and he was he w- was the one who took my very first photos and stuff, and and he, I took the card, took it home to my mum. And within the next week, I was in his studio taking photos. And the next week later, I was in a modeling agency. And then it all just – so the running actually was the one – something that – so that's what you just don't know. You, your actions that take you out of of places, sometimes the mm. things that really make you – well, they all do for us, right? Find our loves or find out what our yeah, path is, yeah. right? Um, 
yeah, and, and then it kind of just all went from there. What did you have from the lens now of um, a woman in her early 50s? You look at 16-year-old Rachel. What did she have? What was that X factor? I have no idea. I thought I was honestly growing up. I had a buck teeth. I was a geek at school. Everybody teased me. I used to have yogurt at lunch in the corner where I didn't like <laughs> speak to anybody. And my sister oh, was on, like the bullshit. best. No, I'm not joking. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Really super lanky and awkward. And but at the same time, I went and did the ballet because that's where I kind of got lost in and that. So I don't know what I, I don't know what that was. Um, but I certainly didn't believe it, but I thought it was hilarious. Like, okay, we can mm. do that. Must have just been like a natural, like a natural, natural beauty, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But you, so how, how different would your life have looked had you not met that guy? I wanted to be a vet. Yeah. Yeah. So you that, it would have definitely gone into that. I mean, I tried secretary school even when I was doing modeling. I was, was like, that a thing? I did it. She went to secretary school. school. It was like you're sitting there on the typewriters. <laughs> it's a true thing. And I was there and I think I got shoved out of there because I didn't turn up for for that, so I got booted out of that. But I would have absolutely kind of gone more the vet or, or something, yeah. And so toxoplasmosis was what, again, what is that exactly? It's from cats. It, funnily enough, usually pregnant women, if they're around litter boxes or something, they get it, or from raw meat. So I actually don't know. Around 15, that's when I got it, um, and I was extremely tired. I had nine months basically away from school. Um, and again, that was a pivotal moment where it was like, okay, the dance has got to stop. I can't dance anymore. To get that muscle back, um, having trained for all those years, and for a disease like that to kind of come in, it really, it took me down. Even just to go out for a drive, it would um, exhaust me and I'd have to come home and sleep for four hours. It's so hard to tell people because, listen, there was nothing that was there was harming me. Obviously, yes, toxoplasmosis was a disease. There were certain things in the home that was like mum and dad splitting up. There was all these different scenarios that were happening. How, how old were you when you when your parents broke up? You, I know how you were, were, you were so times. you were so cl- <laughs> you were so close with your mum, but I was just thinking I know nothing about about and your a dad. dad. Yeah, so there were scenarios. <laughs> this sounds like my upbringing, by the way. And then there was another scenario. Like there were different <laughs> scenarios that kind of were the you know those were some kind of fun and interesting times to be a parent right like it was pretty everything was pretty loose right yeah I, I can i can relate my, i'm not talking about me as a parent i'm talking yeah, about like our yeah, the, parents your parents yeah 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 and there was so, no seat belts like there was a no, whole it was very loose very loose you'd go out and go out and play all day and yeah. just come home when it gets dark yeah um cause my mum and dad broke up on and off again numerous times and they were I look back now and it was a toxic relationship and they they stayed together for the kids it would have been better if they broke up yeah there was definitely different times and there was definitely scenarios that happened do you care about that what the siren yeah no no it's all right okay good um so (laughs) like life (laughs) let's hope that that person is not going to be okay um probably ram raiders Oh my god! <laughs> we're in Auckland. Oh yeah, so your parents? My yeah, they there were many times that they kind of like did this. You know, there was the same scenarios that happened. Yeah, I mean, listen. By the time they, I, you know, I was fifteen. I was like, can you guys please just like break mm. up because this is like just obviously not working. Yeah. And you know, kids know that they're not silly, are they? they yeah. Was it was that. it like a fighty household or just tension no, in the air just, or? It, just didn't work yeah you know just it just didn't work and dad's amazing like he is the life and soul of a party he worked for continental airlines he worked in the airlines for years so he was he was very 
we travelled because he was working in right. Air New Zealand and NEC back then. Um, but he was, uh, he, yeah, he was the life and soul of the party. Extremely funny, very good looking. My parents were very, very good looking. Um, just stunning couple. But yeah, it just didn't it didn't work out in the end. Mm, you're still quite close now with Dad. Yeah, yeah. he's down in um, he was at, down in Tauranga for a while, while, and then he's in Fakatani, and then I think they're moving back. But yeah, but he keeps it pretty low profile. Yeah, never seen him in the in the public eye or no, anything. No, no. Do you think um, with marrying Rod and the big age gap there, people immediately when there's an age Father, gap they say daddy issues? Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know, like, where where are we at now in relationships? There's mm. many people doing, you know, different, different, is it really? Guys, I just want you to know that I'm going through menopause, <laughs> wait, what, and what, my daughter's just what, interrupted what? me saying that I'm sweating on the top of my lip when I'm actually not sweating. <laughs> Renee, come on in, do you want to dab your mum? Um. <laughs> like, the daddy issues, I like, no, Rod and I were like, um, we were meant to be together. Yeah. Like it was a really strong and I didn't feel, I'm just not that type of person that's mm. going to go. And, but maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Like, I mean, when we look at like, like if you want to go back and I mean, just look at movies, like people did, has been doing crazy stuff. Like, you know, mm. you could psychoanalyze a lot of stuff. Um, and then I went the other way. So there wasn't actually, if I look at my types, there's not actually not actually a type. A type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like with you, it's probably a personality type. Like, like Rod was older than you, but he's a, a fun guy. Oh yeah, yeah, fun I, guy. But in, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. We're jumping around a bit here, okay, but sorry, I can yeah. I can sort of relax. My uh, girlfriend at the moment, she's there's like a 21 year age gap between us. Yeah. And I, How does that feel? Well, obviously, to her, people are going to say you've got daddy issues, and she's like, well, I've got a great relationship with my dad. I yeah. love my dad so much. So I think that's a cop out that people I, can. I, I, yeah, I think it's something that people can just like yeah. start in a conversation and say, and it's a great thing that people can talk about and know everything. But who gives a fuck in the end? Like, yeah. as long as you're happy, you do you, and everyone else can do them. Absolutely, God, I feel like that's you, it. Yeah, listen, we'll get, we'll get to this in more depth. I feel like you copped uh, copped a lot of shit at the time, though. And you, and, well, oh, man. yeah, like I, I did a little bit of research for this for this um, for this chat we're having today, and you were on Letterman, and you're on the late night talk shows, and it was a thing in all of them. And in the, some of the line of questioning would be like entirely inappropriate yeah. under the 2023 lens. And you yeah. were just always really good at laughing it off and yeah. not making the host feel like a dick, even though they were being dicks. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, I mean, I look at like, you know, sometimes people say, oh, you know, you know, some of the work that we have done over the years, but it was relative to that time. That was decision that was made during that era, you know, mm. and it's, it's not stuff I would do now. You know, there's certain things I wouldn't do now, you know, if the choices as far as even, I love that the dog's dry humping, <laughs> whatever yeah, that teddy that's is. That's a cactus. But we call, all, we call all the, all the stuff to his bunny. That would be pretty Where's Bunny? To hump the cactus. It's a cactus. Why couldn't you get him something else other than a cactus? Oh, he's got so many toys. So many toys. Yeah. By the way, he doesn't do this with all the guests. Well, yeah. He must be like, this this lady's an animal lover. She was going to be a vet. I was really scared what you were going to say then. Um, um, Yeah, no, there was was definitely some rough things, but I think the whole, getting flack off all the media and stuff, like, I, th- I think you just—it is what it is, and mm. you just, you just, you just go through it. Yeah. Yeah. But you, geez, 
So like one of the earliest clips of you I found is when um, I think you were 16, 17, um, you'd just signed like a $100,000 contract and the reporter said something like, you're going to be earning more than the Prime Minister. Oh. Uh, yeah. you, you were so wise beyond your years back then. When you look back and see clips like that, I th- actually I think you shared it on your Facebook page yeah, like about a year ago. Yeah. Do you still feel like that person or does that feel like a completely different person? No, I've really been driven by my, I would say, my heart completely and that's all along yeah I would say so absolutely like mostly like I mean obviously I've made some dumb you know silly choices and work and stuff but have you like what as far as just different tv shows I think I would have done or being put in the firing line as as far as like doing stuff like that and coming back with you know more you know quicker answers or appropriate things but you're young Mm. like you're not I thought you always handled yourself beautifully yeah, well, thank you. So you you discovered on the beach, and then um, over what time span? So, because when you were seventeen, you were on the cover of and of like four magazines in Australia at once, like Vogue, I know. like big legit magazines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so so you so you get discovered by this it guy. Was you fast. have some photos taken. Like how? So, so you're at, you're at like school, months. then you're not at school. And... So basically, I was doing my math exam, and then they were like, "Rachel, there's a phone call for you," and then they were like, "Okay, you have a shoot tomorrow." do you want to do it? And I was like, I put down the phone and never went back into the math exam and walked straight out of the front of the school. What phone? Landline in the office. Landline in the office. (laughs) (laughs) Just FYI, for those who don't understand what a thing is, it has a curly, curly tail or straight tail. Probably even the buttons or a dial. It was probably definitely done. Shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that was it. So I'm calling bullshit when you say you looked funny and you had buck teeth and you must have been, you know, a standout at school. No, but I wasn't. Like all I of your schoolmates, all of your schoolmates in Glenford, kind of been going, Rachel, a model, not a chance. Yeah, like it's I think just, you're just you're just downplaying it. No, I'm not. I'm absolutely yeah. not. No, like there was, I was just really tall, like tall, lanky, geeky, curly, curly hair, and you know, like. Just, I didn't know who I was. It was just me, and mm. it's always it's always been that way too. It hasn't really changed from that. Like I, I, you know, sometimes you you kind of become more aware, and you're like, okay, you know, yeah, I, I, you know, need to lose this or do that or or do something different. Like you have more of an awareness, but then no, there was still that innocence, and I think that's what it was. You're innocent of who you are. Then did you did you stay innocent or did you grow up fairly quickly? No, but I I definitely you know I had that ability to like go no that's not right yes this is right or I'm not putting up with that um, I definitely had a great time I mean you know we were nonstop traveling um, I used to you know sometimes I think. I mean, with Sports Illustrated, I was out there for three weeks, three or four weeks, which some people just were coming in and out. But, I mean, honestly, I was – I literally had this incredible career delivered to me and, like, going, this is – and, I I mean, I had no idea really what – when I looked look back now and go, oh, wow, you were given that, that, and you did that. Like, you were doing Revlon, CoverGirl, all these magazines, like, and and campaigns, and you're like – I didn't really realise what I was doing. <laughs> just yeah, you're, you're living it's it. Like, but do you, do you spend much time reflecting on it now, and just how mind-boggling and amazing just it is. So grateful. Yeah, this was a time where like supermodels were a thing, and there was like a few. So there was like Naomi Campbell, there was Cindy Crawford, um, Christy Brinkley. Oh my, uh, Al McPherson. Yeah, Al. 
yeah. And you, you were you were in that mix amongst them. Little Rach from New Zealand. I can't overstate just like what a big deal you were in New Zealand at the time. Yeah, it was it was interesting because when it first happened, I don't know what how that happened either, like all the attention over it. I don't know how that happened. Like it just all because I remember walking down Queen Street and I was like, Oh my god, like people going, Hey Rach, hey Rach, hey Rach and I remember walking in the back of Queen Street down that road because I was just like I'd freaked out because I was like, This is people know like it it scared me. Um and but at the same time, once I adjusted, because that's what you do, you adjust, it became just normal. my way of life. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I suppose at the time, like, media wasn't fragmented like it is now. So there was like two, was there two or three TV channels? Yeah, it was like two. two. Yeah. Then <laughs> and then right, Kiwi came yeah. on, I think, at midnight, didn't it? <laughs> Tell everyone it was time to go to yeah. bed. So it's like, if, if, if you were on the news, everyone everyone knew you were on the news. There was no, there was no. no social media, no. no nothing. It was TV and radio, newspapers, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. It's, it's, when, and when it's amazing how actually news actually got out yes. in that fashion, where now it's like you have to be feeding constantly with content mm. to be at all in this game anymore. Yeah, because I, I don't think there's very many true household names anymore. You were. You were a household name. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think also – I love he's actually moved the bed in now too. Like we've now got the cactus and the bed that has moved in. Renee, you're not doing a very good job babysitting. It's supposed to be a bed, but he just like scrunches it up and humps it's, the humps the side of it. I mean he's worked out. So he's gonna be like, What have you done to the dog today? He's he's spent. Um Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, so when did the when did the trumpet ad come about? That was an iconic. New oh Zealand. my god, that that happened. That was, someone said, "Oh, there's this ad trumpet." Like that was also the beginning of it. That was one of my very first job, jobs. We're all going to go up north um, in the car, and then they needed the one shot. We sh- we shot the the the, the t- TV commercial. They needed one more shot, so they took me to Mount Eden, and I licked the trumpet, and then that was what ended up in that. In that clip, because I've got something to show you. There, there, there used to be a thing in New Zealand's Woman's Weekly, like a celebrity lookalike page, and I think yeah. you, I think you won like five dollars or a, a golden kiwi or a lotto ticket. Anyway, my sister Bridget, who's uh, one year older than me, um, she won a like a as a Rachel Hunter lookalike. Oh my god, she did! <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Although to be fair. To be fair, the hair is kind of similar, but like wow. she's got an ice cream as a prop. She gave herself every. No, that's pretty amazing. Is it? Don't you think? That's been like the whole. We could be related. (laughs) Are we related? (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) But that's been like the highlight of the the Harvey family. That's amazing. Oh, it's not that. You can see that though. That is. Can you? Oh, absolutely. Why do you not think so? That's pretty amazing. (laughs) That's pretty damn close. (laughs) It's pretty amazing. Well, your eyesight's gone, I reckon. No, it's it's not. (laughs) The hair's really close too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so you're 17. You're overseas. Where are you? You're New York or Paris then, when you're earning 100000 a year? So basically went on to um, – I went on to New York. They asked me to go over there. Ford did because I was going backwards and forwards to Australia. Went on to New York City. Mum was with, with me. I was like, great. I was going with Eileen Ford at the time. Um, from the Ford with, Modeling yeah, Agency. Yeah, from Ford wow. Modeling. And then that was it. Revlon, the cover girl, did it, started doing all the magazines, Elle magazine, Harper's Bazaar. Again, it just like kind of got delivered and then it just, it just kept going. And then obviously it was, it was a fun time to be in New York City. Um, but was it, same, why was it a fun time? I don't know. There was like, you know, there was, well, 
I guess it was my age. Like, I mean, you, you know, there were the clubs there. At the same time, I was always on a plane. There wasn't a lot of downtime. Um, but when you were, it was, yeah, it was different than it is going out now for mm. kids, right? Like, everything's really super. Look, I don't, I, I was never really a crazy, crazy going, you know, out person anyway. I mean, I was really only someone who drunk and that was it. Like, I mean, I was, I was done. Ironically, people were like, no, you must have been. I was like, no, I was never that person. And I, I had a, I had an amazing, amazing time. But then, you know, you, I hit 20. Well, at the same time, I, then I went out with a couple of people in the music industry when I was younger, like kept, Kip Winger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the band time. Winger. Yeah. yeah. They'd have a song called Miles Away or I know. something. Was that it? Yeah. 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 Right. Um, huh. And then. Was this pre Rod? Pre Rod, right. yeah. Right. Um, so I guess I did have a little bit of a type for a <laughs> A bad boy thing, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Who else? Anyone else have, that would know? Oh, it's probably, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you say, and don't go on. What is that stupid site that goes? Who have you dated? Because half those people, I'm like, I had nothing to do with them at all. So, oh, really? Is yeah, that a thing? That is a thing. They well, that actually, seems highly offensive and inappropriate. Anyway, yeah, it we, is. we like the Taylor Swift of the nineties or something. <laughs> it's like what? Um, so, did, did anything bad happen in that time? Like any like creepy photographers, comments about your diet, comments about your weight? Anything no, there, I mean there would always be like you know I was more a, f- a full. Mo- like figured model, we were we were very lucky at that time because at the same time there was there was not a weight issue there because it was more of the normal shape figures. It wasn't like super super skinny, but at the same time, every now and then you'd you'd be eating or having a couple of you know drinks more than you know what you should, and there'd be ten pounds or fifteen pounds. So there was always that awareness <laughs> there. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, again, as as hard, I I wouldn't put up with that. I I wouldn't put up with it. Yeah, and that, that I find that amazing. So where did that sort of self-assurance or confidence come from? Because it, it, it definitely comes across in old interviews you've done as well. It's like you're not going to take bullshit from anyone. But you, but you, There was a couple of times that absolutely, like, it hurts. And, like, when someone says that, like, it's like any time that someone kind of nips you and says, it happens when you're older as well, where someone goes, hey, you're out of line. And you're like, and it hurts, you're actually like, maybe I am, maybe I do need to pull mm. my head in, maybe I do need to get myself together. Um, so it, it still happens. But I think as far as dealing with, uh, you know, there, look, there was, there's been some scenarios that happen, but at the same time, nothing that I couldn't handle myself yeah. and, 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 you know, and put my foot down because I am that type of person. I don't know where that, that comes from, but, I mean, I'll take and take and take and then I roar, yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, good for you. That's, that's amazing. And d- d- how did this stuff not go to your head at the time? If it was me, I'd be an out-of-control egomaniac. Would I would. Be, oh, yeah. I reckon I'd be a diabolical mess. Really? Yeah. Shit, yeah. Three weeks in the Bahamas having my photo taken and <laughs> private jets and all that. I'd, I'd be a I'd be a nightmare to be around. How did you keep grounded? I I I always considered it a New Zealand thing because I was like, you know, there's you always realise, and you know, I I did not come from a wealthy background whatsoever. I came from a family that uh, was 
you know, back then, fruit and vegetables from the store was the cheapest food, right? Normal mm. organic food that we call organic now, that everyone buys in expensive restaurants, uh, yeah. expensive places, was our normal food. Um, I don't know. I, I always think of there's people that are in a far harder scenario than what I am. And I it always, and you see that. You can see that on the street. You can see it from when you get out of a car and so called you're in a limo and you, and you look. And you, and you take in what's around you, you see people, there's suffering or there's this. So it, you remain humble and you may remain aware. And at the same time, you, you, you know, you create that action that, yeah, you, you, you don't forget where you came from. Mm. You, you can ask your mum this because she passed a few years ago, but you could ask your dad. But your, your parents must be like so proud, not of, not of your um, achievements and accomplishments, but just of um, like your character. Did you ever have a chat to your mum about that or did she say that? No, I mean, I was a very withdrawn child when I was growing up. Like, I was very, very quiet. This is going to be funny, but I used to speak to the animals. The only friends that I had was my animals. I used to make, like, ant farms and insect farms. And, you know, yeah, now I'm going to start sounding crazy, but they were my friends. <laughs> they were my friends for a long time because I, I really was very sensitive to – like, like it, school was hard. School's hard. Like, it gets nasty. Yeah, you, I read you got teased. People used to say you had to carry it up your ass because yeah, of your of dance that. posture. Yeah, like all of that. And I, I just found like a lot of, like, nervous of like what people said. It's so funny. Now I'm, I'm recalling on that. It's mm. like nervous of what people said or what people thought or cared about that. I actually cared about that. So that is a very big flaw in my personality. And it's it's one of those things that I now go, no, like, you know, it's one of my big things that you've got to go out, especially after mum died. I was like, you can't um, apologize for who you are. But yeah, I was, I was a very inward, quiet child um, and found friends very, very overwhelming. But did you have a good crew when you were at school? Look, I don't know what happened, but once – no, I didn't. No. I mean, I did. I had two or three really good friends, yeah, and I will say that. And, and pe look, people weren't horrible. It was just who I was. Mm. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just who I was. Any boyfriends at school? Like, is there is there, no. is there a 53-year-old bloke in Glenford going around that's saying you went no. to the ball with Rachel Hunter? I think I went out with someone, and I can't remember that or who that was when I was 10. And then I found <laughs> out that they told one person, and I dumped them and said, no, that's not working out. So can you just tell me, like, how are you meant to have a relationship yeah. when What's you're that? scared of people knowing? How did how did you meet um, Andy Hayden and when did he come into the picture? I feel like he was he was he was your manager for so many like decades, and uh, it was a successful partnership. Like often these things turn nasty and you know yeah. someone's being ripped off, but that never happened. I feel like he was such a protector of you Absolutely. and so good for your career. Yeah, he was. He uh, was. Yeah, um, Andy. I was seventeen, and with the agency scenario, I was kind of getting sick of it, so. I read the sports section because I was always reading the sports section. God knows why. And then I saw this person in the back, Andy Hayden, representing some All Blacks or, and whatever he was doing at that time. And I shut the newspaper and I said, that man, if he's managing an All Black, then he's going to – I want him to manage me. At 17, okay, so I called up and I said, um, can I speak to Andy? And – I said, I want you to manage me. And he goes, what am I going to do with you? 
Like he was like, like I remember him saying that. And um, he goes, let me think about it. And that's, I was a little bit ego then. I was like, what do you mean you got to think about it? Like, come on, if you can manage an all black, you can manage me. And um, he put the phone down. He goes, give me the weekend to think about it. Anyway, never heard back. And I was like, no, 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 this, this, this is not happening. Wow. This and is then painting. I aggressively went after him to manage me and eventually goes, okay, let's give it a try. And I said something like, don't be, you know, you need to take me on. Don't, you, you can't, like, how, like, you need to take me on. And, um, yeah, and that was it. And I became so close to you know, Trish, um, Laura and Chris I've known since they were babies. Um, and I mean, Andy knew what to do. He knew, like he, he. How did he know? Just because inst- I mean, this is a time like um, you, you were cutting your own path. I mean, there's, there's talent managers everywhere now. So agencies are a dime a dozen, but there was, this was the uncharted waters then. Yeah. So how did he know what to do? Was it just like an instinct thing? No, I mean, look, there, there was, yeah, I think it is. I think you either have that in you as far as knowing what to manage, um, how to manage somebody, um, because you're dealing with the same, very different types of people, right? But at the same time, you know, the All Blacks have a certain thing that they're looking for, or, the, or those, you know, those um, athletes, their personality in themselves. So it's the same thing, deals are being offered um it was just different as far as like TV offers or, or, you know, the women's magazines, you know, all of those types of things would come in. So, and it just, it just worked. And he, he was not only someone who was a manager, obviously he was a great mentor. He was a great um, father in some ways too. Um, obviously I have my dad. That, yeah. Like, I didn't want to call him a father, father figure because I thought that yeah. might be offensive to your dad, but he definitely was, wasn't he? He, he was a very big influence on all of our family, my yeah. sister, my mum, like dad, like he really, he took care. He had that magnificence about him, you know, and, and also never forget like Trisha, I mean, she was, she's just an incredible woman mm. too. And of course now the kids, you know, Laura, Laura and um, Chris, but, and obviously Chris manages me now, but yeah. Oh, it does was, he? Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it stayed in there because, you know, there's, there's, it goes beyond, you know, just getting deals. To me, there's this deep set relationship and you can't, you don't buy that, you know, you can't pay a percentage for that. Like, because, yeah, there, there needs to be, you need a half, you know, you need to nurture that mm. and, and it's really important important to me so yeah we've we've i've been there ever since i was 16 basically 17 but i hunted him down and i would not take no for an answer i was like nope you are managing me well you are a hunter by name and exactly yeah. that's, that's amazing to think that you had that sort of um sense of knowing what you wanted at that age oh my god clear as a whistle yeah unbelievable and it's it funny also- isn't it funny though what happens like when you look at those pivotal moments, you'll, you will be so clear, right? Like you've, you, you don't even hesitate. You just go no, Mm. or you just go yes. Right. Yeah. There is no hesitation. But you think at that age, you'd be like asking other people what they think, like your parents or whoever. Yeah, no, I didn't even know. And what what about your parents at this time? So your mum sort of became like your chaperone for a while. Well, she was, yeah, she was there for about like, took me over there and then pretty much I left home by the time I was 16 so I was living actually with my boyfriend at the time down on the beach at 16 17 so I left home quite early so um 
I was out on my own. I went from being this shy, inward child that had toxoplasmosis, that was, you know, doing ballet, was doing ballet competitions, was running, um, you know, had very, you know, a few very important friends at school, but school was not my thing. Yeah, and then it was like, boom, straight out the gate. There was just no looking back after 16. Mm. I don't know what it was. It was like an explosion. Like, who was who was that that happened, you know, to who who the hell were you at 16 who just turned around and just knew what you were doing? Mm. And it must, do, you, do you spend much time reflecting now or not really? Like, that was a crazy few years. Yeah, like, I, I look... It was insane. Yeah. Have you got, like, the, the magazine covers hung up in frames around your no. house? No? Where, I did where are have, they? In a box somewhere. Yeah, because I did have them downstairs in a pool table room, but I didn't want, with my children growing up, I didn't want them to see that. Why? Because I don't think it's... It, it didn't... I want them to have their opportunity to, like what was hanging on the wall was us where that was, yeah, I've done that. And the kids knew, and I did have them hanging up for a little bit, but like I said, I took those down pretty, pretty fast. Cause I didn't want them to, yeah, I just didn't want them to have to know me as that. Cause that's, that's someone's version. That's someone's dress yeah, up version okay, of me. Fair. Yeah. One cover that you made on Playboy, like it's easy to look at Playboy now and go, oh, God, that's a But it, this was a big thing at the time. Like Playboy was a, a classy magazine. It's not like the porn that's online no, no, now. No, no, no. It was, it, I mean, look you at. You were on the, the cover of that and it said, um, Stacey's mom is naked. <laughs> I know, I know. It wasn't um, anything to do with it. How do you feel about that now looking back? I, I wouldn't change it because, again, I think that the, the, the photographer, he was really beautiful how he shot it. Um, I wouldn't apologize about that whatsoever because like you said, there was person after person after person who was on the covers and did oh, it was a legit toils. thing for now a celebrity, a celebrity's manager would say, don't, don't no. dare do this. But back yeah. then, yeah, Kim Kardashian, Cindy yeah. Crawford, Al McPherson, and, Marilyn and, Monroe back in the day. And the thing is, is people have to see that was relative to that time. Yes. Now, yeah. would we do it now? Pro- I probably wouldn't. But it was relative, mm. so there is no shame on me to do that. Yeah, do you know I, mean? I actually I read an interview with your um, daughter saying she'd never do it. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> never do it. Yeah. Um, but you, I, did you get paid heaps like two million or something? No, not no. that much. No, no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't a. Is it one of those things you do for the money or for the opportunity? Because Playboy no, wasn't was, a step. There was money involved. Yeah, but it was. It it it. There was a part where there was a – it was a thing to do at that time. It like was. You go back and look at that era of how many girls did it and who did it. It was pretty – It was an incredible yeah. lineup. It was like a who's who of yeah. A-plus yeah. celebrities. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about Rod. First of all, um, in preparation for this interview, I downloaded his um, book on Audible, and I was, I've was i been listening to some of that. Have you have you ever read that book? No. You, but I'm guessing people have told you about what's in it and stuff. No. Like, well, no, I knew, knew no, a little bit, but no. Why? Too hard or? No, because I just, I, I know the story really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's, as you know, with any situation in life, there's, there's, you know, one perspective, another perspective, and then the truth's usually somewhere yeah, in the middle. Yeah. Well, did you get to pre-read or suggest any edits? No. Or any? No, he didn't even offer that. No, there was a complete trust there. Right. It, it wasn't anything. Wow. So what about the poo story? Oh my god! How hysterical is that? We were we were on a boat, and basically, it was the first time that we'd dated. And I know you've been seeing according we've to been Roger, seeing this is the first time you cons- consummated. You've been seeing each other a few yeah. weeks, or and basically, the next morning, I was like, 
I, I actually don't know which part he read, but I was like, what the fuck was on the bed? And basically there was this brown stain and I was like, I don't know whether he thought, both of us thought the same thing. And then it was like, but it didn't smell. <laughs> it smelled delicious. It smelled so good you could eat it. And it was chocolate, guys. <laughs> That's a great story. Isn't it so good? That's the best story ever. And, um, you know, he doesn't oh, say... Oh, so many laughs. Honestly, we have so many laughs. We laughed our way through that relationship. And, you know, p- people go, then why did you leave? It was like, because I didn't know who I was. Yeah. I, I, I was so young. It was, it was, it had a lot to do with where... Where, who was Rachel? What did Rachel like? You know, all of that. And it wasn't because he's, there was no suffocation there. It was just my own, you know, mm. my own. And it, it was probably way before even him. Like, I mean, I left home at 16. Yeah. It's um, it's really sad. Like, I was listening to it out on a run and I'd, I had to stop because I thought I was going to start crying because it's mm. like um, – it, like it doesn't reflect badly on on you, but you you broke his heart so badly. But I think I think most adults have probably been in a situation where where you've had your heart broken, and also you've been the person that's had to break another person's heart. And both perspectives are, are horrible, and yeah. you can sort of you know see it from both points of view. And it's um yeah. it's not an easy read or listen. It's no, tough. You like you feel bad for you, and you feel bad for him. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things that you sit there and you go, is this about to come out of my mouth? You know, when you're about to be break up with someone that you actually really love. According to me, he's reading like an architecture magazine or something. Cause he's looking at some home renovations and he's asking you about cabinetry benches or whatever. Yeah. And you say that under your breath, something like, I don't think I'll be there. No. Yeah. So how long before that had you sort of been in the departure lounge? Like no, a few months or? No, like it was, I don't. I don't. Like, why did you? Why did you vocalize it at that point? Because you can't keep something like that mm. in. You know, you you just can't. You can't. I can't. Like I said to you, I've I've really gone from my heart, and so from that point, you go, oh, is it the way I'm feeling, or isn't it? You know, is it or isn't it? Um, and then when you do, you just go, I need to bring this up now to have this conversation, you know, and how do you start a conversation like that? God, I can't imagine what you were feeling at that point yeah. <laughs> because, you know, as soon as those words are out of your mouth, nothing's going to be the same ever again. Yeah. And as you can see right now, I'm breaking into a menopause sweat because I'm just like <laughs> literally thinking of the whole thing, which shows you that, yeah. that menopause is a whole bit that we can get into that later. But it was, it was hard because this is someone you love. Yeah. This is someone's kids yeah. you've you've shared. And still to this day, with the thought of how I said that and how I still look back and go, how, the, how did I rack up the courage to break up with somebody I love because I didn't know who I was? Like, where is that confusion still? What is that, you know? And sometimes you've just got to say things you have to be in that truth of that moment and go, I don't know where I am and I have to take that risk. And that's what life is, you know, like you have to take that risk of like, I can't mess this person around either. You know, I can't pretend I'm in love. Like I can't pretend I'm not going to go through my life pretending I'm in mm. love with somebody or not in love with somebody, or I've got this on my mind. Cause it wasn't a question of like, whether I love him. Of course I loved him. And still do love him dearly. Not that's not for people to take out of context either. And but at the same time, like 
I had to come with the truth of like, I don't know where this is at yeah, and, yeah. and I need the space to figure this out. That's what it was. And then obviously it ended up in a, in, in, in separating and divorce. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Um, you took a while to divorce, I didn't. Yeah, like, we did. Yeah. 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 And also, you know, like seeing, seeing, um, Renee, you know, Renee and Liam through that time. I mean, how old were they at the time? So they're they were like four seven, and six. Oh, four and six. Oh, yeah. so still painfully so, young. Still very, very yeah. young. Yeah. yeah. So the whole thing was just really, it was an interesting time. But we were, we always stayed connected and, and spoke and as hard of, of a time it was. But at the same time, like, I look at Renee and Liam, and at that time, I know when I when I broke up, my whole life would be obviously I would have to remain working because that's what I did to support myself, but also my life would remain around the fact that I'm going to make sure that the kids, it's about their life, what they want to do, like be into you know Renee was into dance, Liam into hockey, Renee into soccer, and it wasn't about at that time there was obviously touring of getting into, they were getting into that age where they needed to be the be in school or they were on getting tutored mm, and being yeah, on right. planes flying around. So there was that pit. So there were lots of things and it, it worked out for the best, you know, and, you know, Rod is an, an incredible human being. He was definitely a huge love of my life and I, I love him and stand by him and everything he does. He has a, a beautiful wife and they have amazing children. All those children are so deeply connected to all of us. There's, there's a lot of love there. So mm. how lucky am I, you know? I mean, as much as I haven't actually been in a relationship for a very, very long time, but is it by choice or? I don't know. It just kind of happens that way. Yeah. I remember I was on the psychic who told me I wouldn't be in a relationship for five years. And Were you? I think my is five that... years is up now, but you know. Was that Tyler Henry? You went yeah. on the. Oh, really? It's like, you're not going to beat five years on <laughs> TikTok. It's done now. Come on. <laughs> so do you, do you think you've been lucky in love or unlucky in love? Oh, lucky because I always, you know, I my heart's always open to love, like always at the same time. I mean, especially since when my mum died. That's funny because yeah. that's when it kind of closed off, I would say, as far as, you know, how important she was in my life. And actually, when I really reflect on it, how much – I left home at 16 and then mm. I was gone a lot of the time. I would see her, but really how much she was a huge – such a big 
effect on my life and I'm a huge part of my involved in my, hugely involved in my life but how much I didn't spend with her yeah. has been really something that's played on my mind for the last couple of months um, yeah your your late teens and and 20s were un- unbelievable like everything was accelerated so you're married at 21 a mum at 23 22 <sighs> And then Saturn Return, that's when I broke up, funnily enough. Everyone who knows that Saturn Return, 27, 28, when the shit hits the fan. What were you doing at 27, 28? I was was just working in radio in Palmerston North, but I was a mess. I was a complete mess. Yeah, Yeah. something comes along on that. They they call it Saturn Return. It like literally shoves your whole, you go, who am I? What am I doing? Where am I going with my life? And that's exactly what happened to me when I broke up with with Rod at that time. Yeah. But mum, yeah, she was... Yeah, I, I want to get, get into your relationship with your mum. But um, first, first of all, on Rod. So, well, why are you laughing? No, <laughs> no, he's, he's this little superstar. Uh, he's what? <laughs> he is the he's yeah. He's just he's one of the most funniest human beings you'll ever come yeah. across. Was he the, you must have interviewed him. No, I've never interviewed him. Whenever I see an interview with him, he's he's charismatic and he's funny and he's charming. And I can I can see why you fell in love. Yeah. I, I feel like he's one of those people where. When you're 21, you don't see an old man looking in front of you. You just see this funny, cheeky, charismatic yeah. man. I think that's – you've hit the nail on the head because that's how I see people. I don't see a lot of what's – I mean, of course, you have the chemistry of what, how someone looks and all the rest of it. But ultimately, like, it is that – I mean, he's so charismatic. Mm. Was he really into the, is he into the model trains? Yes. A, really? You didn't find that a little weird? No. <laughs> like, how badly is he into the model trains, was it? Renee, dad in the trains. Like, is it true when he goes on tour, like, he has, like, a second hotel room where... No, he, he loves his them. trains. He <laughs> loves his trains, doesn't he? He loves his trains. <laughs> He loves it. I just think it's great. He's very meticulous. He's very, very meticulous with them. Yeah, he loves them. Yeah. What did you think of your childhood? Really? Okay. If you don't want to be on camera, that's that's fine. I I read some interviews um, with about Renee, and she was like quite wise. And you talk about how how when you're when you're a kid at school and people would ask what your dad does, you just say he's he's an entertainment or something, and not elaborate any further than that. Music industry. I know. Yeah. I'd love to That's actually cool. listen a- to you guys, like listen to what their viewpoint of it is, because I haven't really. Mm. It's a it's a it's a pretty pretty crazy upbringing that you've had, and you, you I, I've never met your brother, but I've met you now, and you you seem very normal, like very normal <laughs> yes. and grounded, and I suppose that's got that's a lot to do with you, Rachel, but it's got to be a reflection on Rod as well, I guess. Oh God, yeah. yeah. Like they honestly, he's just such a family person, isn't he? He's just he's got a big heart, and just he's. He's really. I know some people go probably like, "Why did you break up with him if you have so much love for him?" But again, I think it was, you know, Rod knows who he is. You'll see that he knows who he is. He knows what he loves. He knows, Trent. and I and I think, <laughs> and I think, and Celtic. I don't know what it was, but it just happened. Yeah, it's one of my. One sorry, Nate. Thank you. <laughs> sorry, Maybe Renee, you want to do don't. Yeah. Um, so what, yeah, one of my favourite Rod songs. It's not not actually um, his. It's a cover from a guy called Robbie Robertson called "Broken Arrow." Oh, and yeah. it's, I don't even know what the song's about, but it's a bloody beautiful song. Yeah. And you're in the music video dancing around. When you were with him, he sort of had a resurgence in his career and became put out an album called "Vagabond Heart." Oh, it was yeah, one of the yeah. biggest artists in the world. When? How long was it afterwards that you'd hear a song like "Broken Arrow" or "Have I Told You Lately That I Love You"? That 
Oh, that, you, that you could listen to it without like crying or feeling sad or guilt or shame or whatever the emotion that, I was. I think that Have I Told You Lately That I Love You was a really hard one because obviously that was done on, I think, MTV at the time. For those who don't know what MTV was, um, <laughs> Google it. Um, <laughs> um, but I, yeah. yeah that's I, right. I it, was, it, was, it, was, it was MTV Unplugged and I yeah, think you were side of stage holding yeah. Renee as a and baby he, yeah, at the time. Yeah, it was. And, and she was she was in the van and I brought her out to listen to the song. And yeah, and, and that he dedicated that song at that time. And that was... Yeah, that would that was hard. He's one of those artists. that's like it's you could be at like, I don't know Bloomingdale's in the Grove or whatever, and that song would come on. Or I know I've been in be the, a, I've been in a shop where that comes on. Or when I, people see me walk in, they start playing it. <laughs> they don't. Yes, oh, that's I atrocious. Swear to you, sometimes that happens, <laughs> or it's just divi- like t- timing that mm. you know. And I, you know, whenever I go, I'm like going, did that person just put that on, or <laughs> did that person just wait to see what my reaction's going to be? And I just remain stone cold. It could have been, been Stacey's mum, I guess. That would have been marginally worse, I guess. That I feel sorry for the kids, but they had to go through the Stacey's mum. Oh, what with. do you mean you feel sorry for them? So that was a song by well, a band Well, I called... thought I'd just do a little song, little little yeah. bit music video, and nobody will know. And it became like a massive video. Yeah, it's a, it is. A, so, yeah, the band's called Fountains of Wayne. Yeah. The song's called Stacey's mum. And it's a, it's a homage to this fantastic movie from the 80s, Richmond I think, called High. Fast Times yeah, at Richmond Richmond High. High. Yeah, so you just... Um, Duplicating a scene from that in a in a red bikini. Well, how old were the kids at the time? Like teens or no, no, no. no. I think they were more like ten, like ten, eleven. That which is even ten or twelve, which is right. even worse, to be honest. Yeah, why? Why is that worse? Well, no, because I didn't think that that anybody would see it. You know, <laughs> but, <laughs> so you, you accept the job thinking oh, this I was isn't like, going to be on a top hit. of the kitchen table, like in a corset, like taking off my, and you know, it was down to the corset, and I was like, oh, no one's going to see this, and then of course. A lot of people saw it and, um, you know, I guess it's just not something you want, you know, your kids. I don't know. It's a, it's a moment in your time and your life and your yeah. career and surely, like, I would have thought you look back now from the perspective of um, a glowing woman in her early 50s and think, fuck yeah. Yeah, no, I do now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no problem. And thank God the kids have broken and they're like, yeah. they have a good laugh over it, but I'm sure at the time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, so those, those Rod songs, like, have I told you lately? So, yeah. so, we, yes. we, we, so when you hear that now, like if that song comes on now, like how, how do you – how do you feel? Like um, it hit, like it hits inside. Like I mean, I definitely have that. Oh, it's like that. Oh, feel like that. Oh, you know that 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 feeling. That's just you know that there's that association there. Um, but there there always will be because that's what happens. I think we don't just stop loving, you know, just because we can't be together. It just doesn't work like that. Mm. For me, it doesn't. Sorry, for some of you, it might. Obviously, in different scenarios, obviously, there's some people that just cut off and it can't work. Absolutely. But for, oh, we're just not getting on and there's there is differences that you cannot be together but you still love each other you know that that's it is there's possibility and i think that you're an example of it and you know two people can be adults and and move forward and meet new people and grow and and it's the same thing like i mean people go like you go on about rod but at the same time i mean you're asking me the questions but (laughs) you know it's on me it's on on you not me but he is um he's a big part of your life and And i'm not gonna not answer it i fully get it i I try and be friends with all of my exes because the way i said if i love someone i'll love them forever yeah i always hold a special place in my heart yeah unless someone does something really that that, that's obviously dangerous or traumatic like that but 
you know, if it's an amicable split up or even sometimes when it's not and you realize what your part was or their part in it was and they come back, you you can't help but yeah. not love them. Yeah. Every single person I've been out with I would say hello to and respond to, absolutely. Have you been in love since then, do you think? Where, where, since, 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 since Rod. Rod? Yeah, for sure. If you're going to ask me with who, um, I don't know. I think there was a couple of engagements. There's a couple. Of, <laughs> no, there's one engagement that didn't happen. Oh, was that the ice hockey guy? Yeah. Right. Look, it just didn't work okay. out. Yeah, and, it, and the best thing, what? They, and again, I literally called him up, think, you know, and thanked him. Thank mm. God I didn't go down that road because it wouldn't have been right, you know. But did I love him? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, were there other people that I loved? Without a doubt. Mm. Did you? This is nothing to that celebrity website, but if it's and if it's not a big relationship, then just no comment it. But did you and Robbie Williams were you seeing each other for a while? I can't get in. Okay, <laughs> I because I read some story online about um some guy from a band. I think it was Stereophonics. He was at a bar with Robbie Williams, and then there was a thing with him and Rod. And oh, really? Yeah, apparently. Really? Yeah, so him and Rod had a chat, and then Robbie was like, "Oh, come on, let's get out of here." So I wonder if it was, oh Rob was God. like, "You treat no. her right," or no, I don't think or, no. Okay, no, no we're not getting into that. No. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Can we talk about your mum yeah. a little bit? Yeah. yeah. You um, um. So your mum passed away in twenty eight. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. 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 And you shared um, God, you shared some some beautiful and very personal posts on Instagram at the time. Mm. Yes, yeah, so you and you and your son and um. On one of the posts, you were you were both there on sort of beard watch. Yeah. So you do like shifts and then go home for a shower and then come yeah. back. Yeah. What are your recollections of that time? Um, it was, it was, first I couldn't believe that obviously she had cancer. And then during that time I was just finishing up to, uh, shooting Tour of Beauty. And, um, then when it was, oh, it was so strange. I was actually in Fiji and I was like, this part of me was like, I need to go home. And I came back and surprised her. And this is further down my feed and, and, in Facebook back in 2000, I think, 16. And I walked into the house and mum couldn't believe I was there. And she started crying and I went over and hugged her and I was like, oh my God, like you're, I can't believe you're, you know, so surprised. And she just turned around to me and she goes, I think I have cancer. And So you came home from Fiji on a hunch? Just, not even on a hunch, just coming to surprise her because I was so close. But there was this feeling that I had in Fiji that I was like, I have to go home because I just, yeah, I mean, wow. I'm so close here. And I, I surprised her because, I, you know, we don't usually surprise her like that. And I walked in and she was like, oh, my God, Rachel. And I actually cut the video off on Facebook because that's when she said, I think I have cancer. And I was like, what are you talking about? We don't have cancer in our family. You know, and that's the ignorance, right? You don't think you have cancer in your family. Mm. Um, and then basically went to the doctors the next day. And I could tell by the doctor's face at that point it was not good. Um, and then it wasn't until the next, you know, the next, and I, I just going through that journey with her and at the time, and I, I think maybe some people can relate to this. I don't know whether you can, or, you know, you've been through scenarios like this or not, but yeah, with friends, not, not, no one as close as a mum, but yeah, with yeah. a couple of friends. And you go, who, people get into that state, who's going to look after that? Mm. Because, you know. It's a journey yeah. going through, obviously, cancer. And um, and I always said you'll never – so many people who have that disease 
are in such truth, you you can't you, deny their truth. What do you mean? Because they say what they feel. Right. There's there's so much truth there. Yeah, and I, I suppose that's the um. If there is one like blessing or silver lining with a um a, like a disease like cancer, is that you do get the chance to like leave leave nothing inside. No. So things that you want to say that, you, and you don't fuck around. Like you yeah. don't you don't like my relationship at that time. Like I remember she was in radiation and I was walking up ahead of her and I was crying because I was just like I can't like for me to keep seeing like for her to keep going through this like I was like and it was fresh right so you your mm. endurance is building at that time when you're journeying let alone the person who's suffering and and I go turn around to her and I go this really sucks and she goes thank god you said that it does suck you know it yeah. really sucks and I mean sucks isn't even relevant to how big of, of, of a situation that was and we 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 literally hugged each other and just started crying. And there was a relief there that it was like, okay, like, yeah, like finally, oh, it's not like, oh, we're going to got this, we're going to get through this, we're going to do this. Yeah, Those moments yeah. come, but they're not relative because at that time we both needed to just fall into each other's arms and surrender to the fact that this journey is really hard. And she had incredible friends around her that have been amazing and and during that time my head was down and just concentrated basically on her and then I kind of left LA and basically came down and and looked after her until she until she died um was that a special time it was yeah it was it was really hard because Liam was going through playoffs at the time and I went up to London to be with Liam for that time because the doctors were like it's okay then came back down and then when I walked through the door and Renee had come back down while I was up there to be with mum too Mm -hmm. so that it was like this thing and Renee she was god bless her it was really by the stage it had taken over quite a bit but you know before I went up to London I I was in mum's rest home and because she needed get palliative care obviously and I said mum I said if there's one thing you regret in your life what do you regret and she goes I regret not fully being who I am and that today still hits because people need to to go and be who they are and not apologize for it and I think the truth and authenticity um and not be shamed of who you are and and not hide any of that is is so key in in what your journey is in life or be something else you know because we still care about what people think and that for me was like a message that that's why I I basically picked up sticks after she passed away and went home back to LA and kind of look, re-looked at my life and I was like I've been around the spiritual world my whole life with my mother. Like I'm going to India and I'm going to, you know, get through this, this pain of, of grief, which you never, you know, it's always there. But she said such a key thing for so every human being on this planet, you know, that we hear over and over again is be who you are Mm. and, and honestly do that and be that. And that changes and, and be in that state of evolution of, who you are and if you want to be a vet when you're young and you end up teaching what I mean I can only speak for myself yoga when you're older fucking great do that absolutely and do you know what those worlds collide Mm. there is no 
oh, I'm spiritual, namaste, and all the rest of it, and then I'm not going off and having fun and a laugh with my friends. There's an integration process there, and that's who I want to be and represent for people, like, Mm. of of who I am. You know, I want to be – there's those still intense moments, which is exactly what my mum was, incredibly talented, incredibly spiritual, very, very psychic – she made tarot cards. She made it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she, yeah, I, she like, was like, so, 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 what did she regret exactly? Because I felt like she was. But she was. She, she was. It, it was such a like. Now everyone talks about that spiritual world yeah. as such. Like, but it was always kind of like, oh, don't talk about it. I'm talking mainstream. Like, you know, don't oh, it's a bit really kooky talk. Or, yeah, like it's right. a bit weird. And now it's not. Like everybody's kind of like out of the. You know, someone will have a crystal or a. Oh, you know, I thought I saw that or I felt that when I was in a room. So none of that's weird. And I think that she she regretted, like, there were parts of it that she reg- she regretted not fully stepping into. Yeah, right. Gotcha. And it was just such a powerful moment because she goes, I wanted to be the one who was in the kimono with the, you know, with the long, mm. you know, thing with the, with the tarot cards and not be worried about that. I think there was also... It also comes down to confusion in your own self of like, you know, oh, I want to be the one in kimono with the tarot cards, but then I also need to go and do a job and I need to do that. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, who it's am not, I? It's like, not, not lucrative enough to be a nine to five. I know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that, you know, that plays that plays yeah. with all of us because we are human beings in this incredible world, like having real life experiences, yet we're still very connected to what is the spirituality? Mm. So I think to those to integrate and not to be so different or weird um, needed to happen. And I think with with some very amazing people, Emma Milden actually being one of them who came along at that time when I was going through that, um, is I think a great um, person who kind of pushed that forward in in New Zealand um, and around the world actually. But yeah, do you know what I mean? I, yeah, I, I, I exactly think, what you mean. But yeah. I still think no matter what, like there is something about like we're cautiously kind of do you ever find it on instagram you're like oh what should i put out there because what are people gonna think all the fucking time and See, it's terrible there's, there's fucking problem it's terrible but yeah. this is the problem <laughs> you shouldn't yeah. care i like to think i'm fairly comfortable in my own skin but I'm even there's that self-editing aspect yeah um and i'm and i still <laughs> I, even after my mum told me that you're like sitting there going oh should i push the button oh don't worry it's gone now but it actually was quite funny and quite relevant, right? But mm. you're too scared because people. What are people going to say? Yeah. When do you miss her the most? Um, I actually was in India like a couple of weeks ago, and for some reason, there's just intense moments that of that sometimes happen. But I, I miss her, love her. It's something that we all aren't gonna, we don't avoid this scenario. Mm. Um, it's how, you know, she has inspired me to live my life courageously again um and and to continue doing that and and to just keep evolving and that that spiritual size and that naughty side because she was she was kind of naughty she? she when she was 16 she used to have its mini skirt right up to here with her beautiful big hair and her false eyelashes on and she was stunning and she was so she still had that so yeah so i think that's the message from her is 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 that integration of of being for us being human beings and also to have that wacky cuckoo side, isn't it? The those are the ones that we love being around. 
Yeah, because they're the most authentic, I think. Yeah. It's funny, the more someone doesn't seem to give a fuck, the more you enjoy being around them. Yeah. Because they are being more authentic. Yeah. Yet there's this little bit, I think, in most of us that holds you back from doing that. Well, I would say here, too, is that we're very concerned because, you know, people raise their phones and they take a snippet or they overhear a conversation and the next thing, this is a problem. Yet no one's in on the whole conversation or the whole snippet. So therefore, then we get thrown under the rails and, and, like, everyone just needs to... Like for me, I'm just like I I won't live like that in half truths. Like, yeah. Well, it, I, I, I suppose from your position, especially like you've probably been subjected to some gossip and yeah. some stuff over the years that you know is utter bullshit. Yeah. And completely unfair and unfounded. So you, yeah. I suppose you've got that perspective. Yeah. But I mean, I miss her on a on a on a, you know. But at the same time, I I. For, for something so hard to happen, she's given me the biggest boot up my ass that I could ask for. And um, In terms of like the journey you're on now? Yeah, just, it, it just yeah, like it was, yeah, that, that, that journey, um, yeah, with those, those words that she said were really, really relevant. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're alive and well. Have you got any regrets? Um. Not right now. No. No. That's I mean, good. real estate in New Zealand? Is that a real <laughs> What? What, you don't have a house I got, By the way, it was just a really spiritual deep moment, and now I talk about my one regret is, is not buying a house in New Zealand. Other than that, no. <laughs> now it's Look at a the good prices. Thing. I'm like, are you joking me? Like, that's <laughs> no, such a no, money no, no, relief. That's a great answer. Yeah. It's very light, light relief. Um, so you were spiritual. Your mum was quite spiritual. Like, do you, like, do you feel her around? Um, no, because the one thing, very another very good friend of mine who was around at the time, I had all these amazing women, like Michelle Buchanan, who she's a numerologist, remember ringing up Michelle, and I was like, Michelle, if she's so spiritual, why can't she just come and sit on the end of my bed? Like, where is she? Why is the tarot card not flipping out of the deck? Or why is, because she made tarot cards as well, which are these little cards which have all these, like, different meanings for those. Google it at home as well. <laughs> just tell everyone you're, to Google it. If you don't understand what I'm saying, Google it. Right. You're giving the audience a lot of homework to do. Yeah. There's a list of things to yeah. Google. When you're watching this interview, bring a notebook because you're going to have to Google. Um but no, and I was like, why isn't she sitting on the end of my bed? Why don't I feel yeah. while I'm sleeping an imprint or, you know, and, and, you know, that's just ego, just wanting yeah. you to show up. But yeah, one last visit. Or yeah. Whatever. But the other, like I was in, I was actually in Delhi and I had this overwhelming feeling of just like, just of, just memories of her. And, um, and I got, and I just, every time I go, where did she go? Like what, how did that happen? Mm. Because it happened so fast, like within 18 months she was gone. And I was like, well, which is actually quite slow in some people's Yeah, it's all, who you're comparing to, right? Yeah. But um, I'm, sure, I'm sure she's around, but I, for as spiritually connected as I am, it's funny because it really is kind of a, a buffing situation where I go, I, I actually don't know. I haven't had that experience. Yeah, I haven't had yeah. that image of her. And it's actually okay. You know, mm. it's actually okay. Yeah, because a, where are they? I don't yeah. know. We none of us know. I, some friends of mine, Murray and Denise, they lost their daughter, Jasmine, to cancer in her early 20s. And um, she was such a live wire and such a, such, a, such a presence and such a spirit. They went to a hypnotist show and they're like, if anyone's going to present themselves tonight, it's going to be Jazz, and she didn't. And they're like, "Nah, we don't believe." Yeah. So what do you, what do you think now? What what do you think happens when you die? 
there's such a bigger picture to the whole thing. Yeah. But I think if we are able to think it, understand it, see it, whatever it is, there's there's limitless possibilities. And I don't know what that look, looks like, but you can't deny energy. Mm. And energy is something that immediately when we feel connected to someone, that's energetic. Yeah. So to me, without a doubt, energetically, there has to be some kind of energetic afterlife, whatever that is. Um, it's just bizarre that we come in these vehicles. Laura, I think Laura calls them earth suits, which are <laughs> so great. It's um, Laura, that's Andy Aiden's daughter. Right? Earth yeah, suit. It's a great... We're in these earth suits. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we get to perform for a little bit and then off we go again. Mm. Yeah. Um, one, one thing I like to touch upon with um, every guest on the podcast is their mental health. How's, uh, how's your mental health? Has it been good over the years? When I was growing up, when I was young, I actually ended up in therapy quite a bit. And you, I, what age are we talking? Oh, yeah. Like, like pre-model? Oh, yeah. Like pre, okay. Way before young, like in right. the 10s, 11s. Wow. Or, so this is – like therapy is reasonably, reasonably normal now. Not, yeah, not so LA normal, then, but it's getting there. Yeah. Um, but this was not a thing back then, I guess, in the 80s. I was a very inward child and um, I took things really personally – um, that's why I said I would always talk to the animals and stuff because I thought that they understood me. And that's why I think I had a very close relationship with my with my mum. But um, I just thought everything was suffering to me, it seemed. Around how, do you, how do you mean? Can you elaborate I, on that? I don't know. Like I could feel things. Right. And I felt like that person sad or that animal sad. And like there was deep sadness and suffering. And that did, was not relative to what my family life was, just so everybody knows. There was no suffering. My, you know, we had, you know, changed to different houses and all that. But my mum was like our anchor. Like it was, but there was. So was it, was it true empathy or was it like an imagination thing? Well, you know, empathic. Like I remember when I was, um, just before I had my back surgery, I was going through a bunch of stuff as well. And because I've been in and out of therapy with different therapists throughout my life. Yeah, have you? And yeah. I don't know. Like some sometimes it helps, sometimes it doesn't. You know, it, it was – to me it was just part of the process of life. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like – yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, but it wasn't very no, like I guess, guess normal then, back then. No. Like it's not the sort of thing you tell anyone about. No, 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 no. But Mum could tell. Like she right. was, she was very much, uh, you know, sensitive to that yeah. kind of stuff. And then you know, once when I got older, there was in, in and out of you know going to therapists, and some therapists were great, some were fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had a really, I don't know, I was very. Like the whole childhood thing was a very inward child. My mum obviously saw I needed help. She she did that, you know. She did she got that, um, and then I kind of jumped out of it. Then I would start running or start doing ballet, um, and that, you know that helped. But you know, it, I, I think the conversation of of no matter where you're at or. Or how little you think somebody something is and, and you think it's not big enough to really worry you. Well, it's big enough for, to jolt you off. Then find the help that you need mm, or, or talk yeah. to your friends. Because, you know, you want to be in a place of, of compassion and love and care and feel safe and nurtured. So no matter how little that thing you think is, is little, it's big enough to jolt you off. Mm. So, so find that care that you need. Yeah. 
whether they were right or wrong, they provided safety yeah. and, and, and someone to listen to. And I think sometimes parents, um, as much as you have a great relationship like I did, mum was still great. She, like, you need to talk to somebody who can listen to you, you know? Yeah, often not, a, not who can listen to you, sorry. That is a different than me because, yeah. y- you know, I think it's good. Yeah, absolutely it is. The, um, so the Rachel that we saw like from 16 onwards who didn't didn't seem necessarily very inward. She, like she was very No, out, I, yeah, very that's outgoing. what I mean. Like was, was that a mask? Did no, you, did you like that, mask all of a sudden, or? no, all of a sudden everything. No, because at the time I also remember – when I was modeling, actually bring up a good point. I was modeling so much that when I was done with work, um, I would go to the church because I knew people would be in there. So I could actually sit in the church and be surrounded by people so I wasn't alone. And then I'd go back and then the next day I'd be leaving to go and do another shoot or whatever. But I would use the um, a church, like a religious place, to actually have that moment of feeling connected um, centered with people, and because otherwise, what you'd be back in your hotel room on your own, yeah, or? something like that, right. yeah. So it was funny that that's what I kind wow. of went to, yeah. And how how are you today? You feeling good today? Yeah, like I just, you know, I mean, I've obviously I spent a lot of time in India, and and that's created different tools for me, like you know, leaning into some fears that sometimes that arise. Like it's it's a completely different type of. I guess therapy of 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 looking for things, but at the same time, like I said, if anything got to a point where um, it continues and continues, I would I would absolutely ask for help from somebody mm. now. Yeah. So what does yeah what does your day look like now? It seems like you're doing a lot of meditation and a lot of yoga. No, I. <laughs> I this is just going it. by no, what you put out on Instagram, and also a lot of like walking around with cows and 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 talking to them. Yeah, and talking to them. Um, no, like I'm, I I do that, but at the same time, like I'm I'm I was just in Jaipur, like I was looking at doing like a couple of things with with different like you know creating pajama sets and like bedwear and all that kind of stuff um, because that's where a lot of cotton is, and obviously making sure it's ethical as, as well, but. Um, you know, I, I go and meditate and then, I mean, I was very excited to know that Renee's down here. Um, obviously, I knew Renee was coming down here, so to spend time with her, but spend time with, with friends. Um, but, it, yeah, it's not all um, yoga meditation. <laughs> it's just what we see on Instagram. It's like, oh, my God, does she ever get out of the downward dog no, pose? I know, but I do, when I get to India, like, I do go into these really, you know, uh, like, deep, Dives and then then come out. I do I do love it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it makes you feel good. Yeah, it makes you feel good. I've, I've uh, fallen off the wagon, but I did a TM transcendental yeah, yeah, meditation yeah, yeah. for a number of years, like twenty minutes in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Twenty yeah. minutes in the afternoon. I should get back to it because it felt really good. It was like having a power nap. It does. Yeah, yeah it, re, it reboots it. It centers yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and you're going to become um, a grandmother Grandma. for the first time in May. <laughs> Do you know how many times people are going? What are you going to get called? Like, what are you? What is the baby going to call you and stuff? And I was granny. like, I had no. I know, just <laughs> granny. Do granny. Old. I know. But you're. I feel like you'll lean into it. Like you. Oh my um, god! Yeah, yeah. 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 So this is your son. Yeah. Liam. L- Liam and Nicole. Yeah. Right. Yeah. L- as long as Liam and Nicole like are 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 happy and it's just, it's just amazing honestly i was in disbelief i was just in disbelief and it, and it, and it's beautiful because i mean the family's big anyway like i mean kimberly has delilah and now we've got you know ruby and 
and Liam and Nicole, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the grandma territory looks like. Mm. But It's exciting, though, and you've, you've, yeah. you're very young to be a grandmother and, as well. And Nicole and, and Liam and Tina, like all of us are – I mean, it's, it's all very close anyway. There's, there's just – it just seems like this big family anyway, you know, yeah. and they have a, and Nicole has a big family as well, but I've blocked off literally the entire summer <laughs> because I just want to, you know, be there be for them if they need, you know, if they need me. I'm fully there and I'm so excited so for... Do you know if you're allowed to be at the birth or... Oh God, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know. This is just basing purely on social media, but it seems yeah. like you have a, a fantastic relationship with both your kids. Yeah, no, they're they're honestly they're just amazing. I mean, we were just talking about it before. It's funny how things happen because with Liam, I was around like when he was up in Spokane, up to when he was in his his twenties. Then he went over there, and then now I'm spending obviously Renee and I are spending a lot of time together with that. So you know, as they are growing different relationships, I'm more the one who's like. I don't want to be like actually stationed anywhere. I just want to follow them around. Like I just want to follow, not be annoying, (laughs) but I just want to be like, I'm going to dip into like Liam and Nicole and the baby and then go and see Renee. And yeah, so I get to, I think that's exciting for me. I still, I sold my house in 2020 when the COVID hit. And basically, so you're homeless. Renting a house, all my house is in storage, and so I'm just floating around. So I think that's what people don't understand either. Is I don't actually have the so-called family house anymore. I have like I'm living in my one bedroom apartment with my Pomeranian, um, following my kids around. So that's it. Yeah. But <laughs> well, that paints a very sad picture, which I think is not a fair reflection. No, but no, on... that it's not. No, no, that, no, that's not a sad picture. What? what... Did you so? Did you have like a like? How long was you, were you in your last house for? Was it like a, oh my God, a house yes. where you raised the kids? Yeah, raised the kids. Was that was that sad or you're not materialistic? Oh my God, at all? no, no, no! It was really like it was sad. It was our family home, but yeah. it was just getting to the point where everybody was traveling, and um, it was me and the and the dog inside the house, and I would obviously be going and visiting Renee and Liam, and so when I got back from from being in lockdown in India, I. Um, I just moved into where my sister was just for the time being and haven't really left. So, you know, now, you know, now I have to kind of at some point make a decision of where, where I want to kind of cement myself. But at the same time, I don't really want to. Yeah. I like living simply. I mean, I'm envious. I'm envious of you. I, 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 I feel, I suppose I'm kind of materialistic. I I, I feel like I always need a base somewhere, but I think it's very courageous what you're doing, just having shit in storage. And they're things, they're just things. Yeah, but I mean, I have all my stuff that I love in this one-bedroom apartment and people are like, oh my God, you know. But at the same time, I love it. It's lock, leave, goodbye, and I go and see the kids. It's Amazing. a great situation. And the next thirty years Two of your suitcase. thirty years of your life, how's that going to look? I feel like, uh, you fifty were, years of my life. 50? I'm planning to leave John. What are you? What? Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, Eighty? No. So, so what are you now? Fifty-three. Yeah. So, so I like, was like, oh, how old am I? Sixty-nine. So, like, I think um, if you can get to get to eighty and still be in good shape, I think that's good. And anything after there, it's like a grey area. You as don't know what you're, you're going to get. As long as you're still like absolutely cognitive yeah. and you're still able to physically move, I think. Yeah, you so just the, keep going. On the assumption you've got another 30 good years, yeah. how's that going to look? What do you want to do? Anything you want to do that you haven't done yet? No, at the same time, I don't think I'd change anything right now as far as like, you know, going and doing what I want to do six months of the year. Obviously, that can be over any months or 
or two weeks or whatever it is but and then just be able to be with my kids like that's what I want like be able to share the the times that my kids have when they have families um and then go on you know go and do the work that I'm doing Mm -hmm. as well so I, I see it as a as a good thing for yeah. for now, that's what it is. Now, as far as a relationship, I don't know if that when that person comes along, then then great. Yeah, um, do you think that that like one or that, I mean, that one true love is still out there? I just think I'd, I'm in a menopause right now. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, what is it? What does that mean exactly? Just going into hot sweats, like it's so good. So, I've only done two since we've been filming, so that's not bad. And especially that we're talking about emotional stuff, so it tends to rise with yeah. emotion. But um. I am lucky. I just kind of, and I think also the yoga for me helps um, because I know when that, that it's just like heat rising yeah. in your body. Um, and I'm lucky that's all I have. So I'm yeah, what are the, situation. what are the other symptoms? What have you got to look forward to? Everyone at home, get your notebook out. <laughs> Google it, especially men. Please Google this for your wife. Sorry, you have to pardon my ignorance here. No, but Um, it's really fascinating. Yeah, yeah. You should definitely get a doctor who is informed on the subject because women would be craving, especially for a man to understand it too. I think it's nice because I think, especially with the heat and the the rapid emotions that can, when it first started happening to me, I was like, Oh, that's a really fast emotion to feel. And, you know, with the tools that I have, with with what I've learned, I've learned to kind of calm that down. But the sweat's up, and it's not a great time because during COVID, you don't want to be sitting there sweating. Because mm. people are like, do you have a fever? <laughs> yeah, especially on a plane. I know. Um, exactly. so, well, has it sort of changed your personality in a way, do you think? No, I don't think so. No, no. Do you think so? No, absolutely no. not. Just sweat. I don't mind. I'm, I'm actually you're going to India a lot. To be, you're going to sweat in India. Exactly. That's like divine timing that I'm actually there. But to be honest with you, I sweat a lot. You know, I'm, I'm a sweater anyway. So yeah. And um, and how how do you feel about aging? Like I I feel like you're very good with aging. Yeah. And you've done TV shows about it. And um, but but you've been from that model background. I suppose it's something everyone's sort of curious about. Yeah. Do you have you, you had any work done or just stuff for TV? No. Like I I did. You know. Did Botox for TV, eh? For yeah, did Botox for for Tura Beauty. Like, there's definitely you know situations that I look at now and go, okay, like, do your eyelids need need to start being done? Like, you know, when does that start happening? You know, sometimes around my neck, like you kind of get crazy. But this is all just this is all just that stage of of awareness that we have, and we see so much on social media of yeah. like. And that now, a woman who's really done filler and Botox and different things, like they're happy with what they're doing, but it's also become somewhat the norm mm. too, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think, again, you have to do what makes you happy. You know, you have to do what makes you happy. You know, if you want to tell people, great. If you don't want to tell people, then great too. It's nobody's business. Um, but, I mean, for now um, – but I, I definitely go, oh, you know, what shall I do? I try and keep things really simple with my with my beauty regime as far as um, products and stuff. Um, but as far as, you know, food, keeping it simple, very not a lot of sugar, keeping away from all the, you know, the, the wheats and stuff as much as I can. But again, with diet, like someone will be like, oh, you said that on, on you know, the podcast or whatever. But sometimes I'll have pasta. Sometimes I'll go and eat, you know, a, a, a fish sometimes, you know, or a piece of chicken or whatever. Um, 
it just depends. And then sometimes it just all falls away. You know, I don't eat meat whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, whatever your body's craving. You know? yeah. you're, you're not much of a drinker, are you? No, I did a lot of that. Did you? Back then. Well, when you know, the 20s. I had fun. Yeah. yeah, that was those were some fun times. The 20s and 30s definitely had my, my moments. It was fun. It was fun mm. for a moment. And what about um, what about exercise now? Do you still run at all? No, because I had back surgery, so I had S one L four surgery on my back. Um, part of me would love to, because do you know what the part I love about running? That struggle at like 15, fifteen to twenty minutes, and then all of a sudden you push through, and you get to that stage where you just could go forever and mm. ever and ever. That moment to me, that struggle is just like anything we do in life that, you know, you're, you're trying to get like, you know, your pace corrected and then the mind goes and then the breath goes and then this goes and then your pace gets off and then all of a sudden, like I said, between that, isn't it, between 15 and 20 minutes, I guess, depending on how fit you are, yeah. that push through that happens and then all of a sudden that expansion happens and all you you could run forever. Yeah, it's almost like a flow state. Oh my god! But even exactly, even on the days when that doesn't happen, like you never get home and think, "I yeah. regret doing that." No. You always feel so much better. So, what do you do to keep fit now? What's wrong? What's wrong with your back? Lot. Why can't Why can't you run? Well, no, I could. I just have to probably like retrain. Yeah, and I'd probably. I mean, I would love to. I would really love to. Maybe it's something that I should look back into because I mean, it, it, but I do do a lot of walking, a lot of up and down, a lot of hiking. Um, I'll do yoga, and I also love doing. Um, Renee's got me into um, Body Sculpt Society, which is like you do dancing as well. I think it's always good to have a good dance and a good laugh too. So yeah. any of those types of workouts as well. Weights is also important too for. Right. Someone who's older, three really. Wait, I know. How does this happen, right? Um, but, but when you, yeah, do you have a moment every now and then when you look in the mirror and you're like, "Oh shit, that's me." I'm just a photo. Like, can we delete that photo? <laughs> oh, yeah, especially on. in the morning. You still, you still look fabulous. I reckon. I think you Thanks. look great. Great. I think you're aging absolutely beautifully. Thank you. So are you. Oh, bullshit. You, wait, oh, what, some really? Days, oh, some days I look in the mirror and it's like, oh, shit, that is me. But men that is that the like age a lot easier. Like they don't wrinkle. I don't know. don't know if I agree with that. He's feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> it has been so wonderful having you having you over today. Oh my it's God, amazing. No. I hope I'm looking at maybe writing a book. I, I've been really reluctant to do that. Um, or an audio or a Kindle or whatever you are the why have you not you've done a book eh? you've done like a tour of duty book yeah but yeah, yeah, never yeah. a book about your life why not I, I I think I'm ready to do it now I think I'm definitely ready to do that and I actually want to do two because I think the spiritual journey is really because that's got a lot of comedy in it too you know it has a lot of yeah it, it, so I think to, I'd like to do two different types of books um but yeah, I think I'll do that, do that soon. But I'm, I'm just really grateful. And I think that the, the New Zealand, I don't know whether this is weird to say, but I think the support of New Zealand really made like who you are. I, I mean, I still was getting the bus doing modeling, you know, so it's, it, it's, the whole thing is just bizarre when you look back from this quiet inward person who, like I said, was 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 having her moments and then like 16 hit. It was like someone came along and like threw the sheets off and was like, this is a completely different human being. Like, honestly, it was like that. Mm. And I did have, I'll tell you what I did have. I had toxoplasmosis and the only way the doctors 
said like you'd have to stay in bed for the next nine months my mum goes no way you're going to a naturopath took me to a to a herbalist got me on this disgusting tea that I drank for like three months <laughs> got better she also said it was I think it was this amazing Indian doctor and she said you need a, a it was called a metamorphic massage and she started massaging my feet and I was like oh you know what that mum's like this is what I grew up with the next thing I'm she goes in 10 days you're going to see something happen I swear to you I don't know what happened to me, but I was like this quiet inward child. All of a sudden, I was outspoken. Don't talk to that thing like that. No, that's you don't. You do that. Like completely outspoken. And the next thing, I was, you know, and like working in a modeling agency. Amazing. How so, bizarre. Yeah. The, the, so those scenarios. That was a bit weird. That was a little bit of the woo-woo part part of the story. (laughs) But it's good that you can recognise the woo-woo parts of the story. Yeah, like who has – I don't even know what it – Google that too, metamorphic (laughs) message. Oh, God, there's so much homework. (laughs) Hey, Rachel Hunter, thank you so much. You are an absolute um, national treasure. And it's been wonderful having us. So are you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for sharing And I really appreciate your – Dog humping the cat oh, yeah, he, um, He's finding he's, he's exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> he's tired. <laughs> Rachel Hunter on Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Thank you very much for listening all the way through. A little bit of housekeeping, a couple of loose ends to tie up. If your podcast app allows, and I know Spotify and Apple do, please leave a rating or review. It helps more than what you could imagine. Alternatively, uh, if you haven't done this already, you can watch these episodes on YouTube. Just search Dom Harvey and you'll find it. Thanks again to Radix Nutrition, R-A-D-I-X, for sponsoring this episode. Check them out radixnutrition.co.nz they do protein powder recovery smoothies and much much more made from their incredible factory in the Waikato and shipped to the world their products are in my opinion the best thing to come out of the Waikato since well ever but I may be a little bit biased I'm sure there are tons of other great things that have come out of the Waikato I just can't think of them right now check them out online or on Instagram Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Radix Nutrition. R-A-D-I-X. Once again, thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. And I do hope to see you next week on Runners Only with Dom Harvey.